Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Ted Patel with us from Astra Capital. Ted is an engineer, syndicator, and investor with tons of experience. He's now in multifamily. We love our multifamily guys. So, Ted, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I told you before we got on here, we like stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are. So, why don't you take us back to the beginning of your story? How'd you get started in real estate? Absolutely. So maybe I'll just take all the way back. You know, I'll just go to 2000. So, uh, yep. After uh, completing my bachelor's from India, I completed my bachelor's in electronics from India and then came to US in back in 2000 to do my master's in computer science. Oh, very cool. So, yep. Uh, after graduating, uh, I started working with uh, investment banks on Wall Street. So I worked with major investment banks, you know, uh, designing uh, trading applications, platform for them. Um, and I worked there for quite a few years until 2008 happened. Yeah. And as Makes you sense. know, like, you know, <laughs> as you know, like there was a bloodbath on, on Wall Street in 2008. Yeah. And I also got caught in that vicious cycle of layoffs. Um, at that point of time, you know, uh, like till, till then everything was fine. I, I, I didn't ever, ever think about, you know, uh, leaving W2 employment. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that, that, uh, that started a thought in my mind, like, you know, why, why am I mer at mercy, uh, with all yeah. the directors or the board members, uh, deciding the, any moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Deciding the fate of uh, anyone, you know, like, okay, go bye, bye, bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, uh, so after that, uh, I have never worked as a W2 employee. I do independent consulting so now and then. Sometimes I did it, but never as a W2 uh, full-time employee. And uh, I took a break for a while, you know, about uh, three, four months after getting laid off. Uh, tried to, you know, figure out what should I do next. Mm -hmm. And uh, I... Initial, like I bought a truck stop in Florida. I I, wa I wanted to get out oh, of the a truck stop. Yeah, that that was <laughs> interesting. All right, that's yeah. cool. I love yeah. I love alternative <laughs> investments. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I brought a truck stop, uh, and uh, I kept it for about a couple of years okay. until you know I. What, uh, if why did you choose a truck stop? I've never heard of that as a you know solid investment. Obviously, makes sense for somebody, but why why did you go that direction? No, see, uh, I at that point of time after I was laid off, I was desperate to you know make dive into business. I didn't want to yeah. work W two. I wanted right. to do some business. I didn't had no experience in real estate. I didn't knew nothing about real estate at that point of time. All yeah. right. So the best thing that I found was, you know, I had a few family members who were doing the, the similar kind of business. So, all right, uh, let's start looking into it. It's it's good margin. It's good money. All right. Uh, brought a tech stop. <laughs> right on. I <laughs> love know? it. 
and uh, and while while I was um, while while I was in this business, I met someone who was in real estate. You know, mm-hmm. a friend who became a very good friend. Uh, he was into construction, mm-hmm. so that after you know after being with him for a while, it I. I, I was amazed by, you know, the opportunity that real estates can provide. Um, and so I started, uh, you know, following him. I started, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I worked for him for free, like two, three months, just to know in and out of what he does, how he does, you know. Uh, and then in 2012, I did my first investment in real estate. Okay. I I bought a foreclosed foreclosure property hmm. from Sheriff Sale. I started uh, going to auctions. And I studied auctions for about a few months like who, who is bid, who bids what amount what is their you know uh risk appetite. And then I I started uh, buying properties from auction. First was in 2012 and then you know uh, no looking back. Uh, just uh, continued doing Cut fix and flips. Yep. Um, or small multifamilies that I buy. Uh, if the cash flow is good, I keep it for myself, do the Burr method and just refinance it. But <clears throat> so, uh, and everything going well, getting experience in real estate. And then I started doing ground up construction. So uh, till now, you know, uh, uh, till today, we do ground ground up construction for luxury single family homes as well as small multifamilies, less than like uh, about 15, 20 units, not more than that. It's interesting that you chose uh, luxury because that's usually the price point that most people, especially for new development, they steer clear of just because there's less certainty. Um, Yes. I guess we can go into that uh, after, after you finish your story, but I... We should circle back because I'm curious why you chose luxury. Nope, sure. Uh, so, yeah, let's circle back on that. Uh, and as you said, right, the price point is high, like it's uh, minimum two mil, two million and above for those properties. Uh, we'll talk about it, you know, uh, after the story. But uh, then at in, back in 2018, you know, uh, I was at uh, one of my construction site. And uh, there, were an, there was an accident that happened uh, due to which I had, uh, you know, some major surgeries uh, that oh, I no. had to go through. And that, that was like a turning point for me, you know, to think about passive investments. Till now, I was just actively investing everywhere. You know, I, I didn't have much uh, focus on passive investment, but that got me thinking, you know, that accident uh, while, while I was, uh, you know, recovering, you know. Um, I thought like if something had happened to me, you know, if worse situation in worse situation, uh, how would my family be financially secured? Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're, uh, if you're doing only active real estate. Once you stop the activity, then the cash flow stops or the, the cash infused into your family to everybody who depends on you completely gets cut off. So it totally makes sense. Yep. So then I started looking into, you know, how I had heard about multifamily investment. I started looking around, uh, you know, went to many conferences, uh, 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 reading books, podcasts, everything. 
And then I met someone who had done it before in one of the conference. He was he was a young young uh, you know kid, I would say, uh, just graduated out of college before. Um, like oh, at that point of time, he it was just two years after his graduation. Oh, wow. And he yeah and. Yeah, and he he had bought a hundred and sixty unit or hundred and sixty two unit multifamily. He was just telling me, and I was just surprised. You know, like you are young, just got out of college. How did you manage to pull this through? You know, I have been I have been in the real estate business for a while, and I can't afford to buy hundred and sixty by my own. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, then uh, he. He he told me the whole story, you know, how we partnered with different people, uh, raised the money, funded the project. So, yeah, I learned a lot from him, uh, you know, uh, how to do it. Uh, so I to just get started in multifamily, I started with investing passively, first of all. I, I, I wanted to test the water. I wanted to see, you know, how it is done, you know, like what, what are the different... Uh, uh aspects or um, uh, that you have to go through so i started investing passively but i would say i was one of the most uh active passive investor you know <laughs> all right uh yeah so who were the sponsor i had uh, i had a good relationship with a couple of sponsors and uh, i always asked them you know keep me in loop for all the small things that you do all right, you having a meeting with your property manager? Keep me in loop. I want to know how it works. I I won't bother. I won't say a word during the meeting, but I just want to listen. I wanted to learn by <laughs> osmosis. Learn just watching everybody do what they are already doing. Exactly, exactly. So after a few passive investments, uh, 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 I also started raising uh, for new opportunities and uh, partnered with uh, you know uh, good operators. Uh, as a GP, and uh, we have been doing some good deals uh, uh, in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Texas. Are uh, a little bit slow right now due to the market situation, but yes, uh, so far the ride has been good. And uh, during this slow time, you know, we are more focused right now on uh, ground up construction. Interesting. Okay, ground up for multifamily. Yeah, small multifamilies and the luxury single family houses. Very cool. Yeah. Right on, man. I I love that story. I feel like you you went to a lot of different places um through your journey so far and it, it sounds like you got a ton of experience, which is great. And I love yeah. uh, I love how it kind of started with that first mentor that you just followed for free cuz I, you know, we stress it so many times on this podcast the best way to learn is by doing things and by watching people do things. Um and so just you having the wisdom to know that if you could just watch someone do the type of activity that you wanted to become good at, that you would be able to, you know, short, shorten your learning cycle. Um, that's uh, that really, I don't know, that's kudos to you. That's a, uh, that's a lot of wisdom that you displayed there. Um, and that's what I believe, right? Uh, if you, if you have a passion for something, do that work for experience, not for money. Yeah. Money will follow. Work for experience. I like that. Um, and it's so true because especially if you work for money, then you're going to jump in too early and you're not going to have the experience. And that's when you lose money. <laughs> exactly. So yes. It's, it's a double edged sword there. <laughs> um, 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I love your I love your story. Uh, there's a few questions that popped out to me. I'm gonna start with a luxury one because again, usually when people get into new construction, they like to sit in that middle income bracket. You know, the two hundred to four hundred thousand dollar house. They love the that area because that's where you find the most buyers. Um, you guys chose luxury. Why'd you choose luxury? So the first thing is luxury is like less competition from the major builders. If I stay oh, okay. in the price, yeah. Uh, if if I stay in the price point, anything below million, I would see ton of tons of you know major national builders around me would be and building. Just, just yeah. real quick, so you said anything below a million, um, and so in here Jersey. in Seattle, a million dollars isn't isn't really luxury. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's a nice house, but it's not there. There are a lot of million dollar houses. So are you when you say a million, are you talking about coastal cities? Are you talking about because it's, you know, it's all kind of relative. Um, what uh, w- what are you referencing there? No, uh, for New Jersey, I would say if if anything. I'm talking about the middle. Middle layer homes, anything below million is okay. like, okay. you know, anyone can affordable homes in jersey i would say mm-hmm. okay okay if you go with the price point anything about 2 2.5 then yes it becomes uh the homes with all a lot of bells and whistles right yep that makes yeah. sense yeah so I, uh, as i said right uh, i didn't want to compete with uh, the national builders and the other thing is uh if i can make the same margin with the high price point, it will be less effort for me. Like if I if I build three houses at one million, uh, versus build one house at three million, it will be less work for me. All right, I'll be able to manage the project wisely, and it will give me a same profit margin, maybe more profit margin. Because I'm not competing with uh, some of the local or you know national builders. Yep, that may. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the main issue that I not issue, but the the thing that would make me reconsider, you know, make me have a little bit of trepidation going into luxury home building is demand. Um, how do you know? that what you're building is a product that people want um especially when it comes to you know the higher price points people are very specific about the kind of homes they want how do you ensure that there's going to be demand once the the house has actually been built so we we keep a very close eye on the market right Uh, so uh, in new jersey there are only specific areas where we build this luxury home these are the areas where you know uh i would say the high net worth people live yeah okay makes sense and um, we always keep an eye on what is how much uh, you know homes are getting built in these areas uh what got sold recently how much Mm -hmm. they got sold for recently we keep a very close eye on you know those items and we are always talking to the broker uh, to tap the nerves you know what's selling what's not selling uh, what are the different amenities you might want to put like in luxury home, right? Uh, you put uh, maybe uh, a sauna. It might yeah, resonate well with them. Yeah. <laughs> so like a, a small uh, room for a dog bath. 
So okay. th- th- those are the things, you know, like uh, if you go above certain price point, people would like to see uh, those kind of items coming in the luxury home. And is yeah. it usually, are you going by zip code? Or are you going by only places with views? Um, is it, uh, wh- what specifically are you looking for when you're choosing that location? Uh, first of all, I I need to know the location in and out. I, yeah. I need to know the area. That's the first thing, right? And then I, what are the average, uh, what, what is the average price of the houses around in this area? Like within a one uh, mile, two mile radius? Yeah, it, it, it depends on the town, right? Like in, in, in Jersey, it's all about towns. All are connected. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, one town, uh, it's uh, the community in one town might be totally different than the community in the other town. There are many factors. It might be schooling system. It might be, you know, the taxes of the town. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the towns where there are very low taxes, you expect people to build larger homes because, you know, even if they build large homes, they don't have to pay much taxes. Versus if they build the same home in the other town, they might have to pay like two or three times the taxes. Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So so you guys are very granular on location. I love that. Um, Yeah. When it comes to, you've already mentioned a few amenities. What are the amenities that that you put in luxury homes? You mentioned saunas, which totally makes sense to me. Dog baths is actually something that I would not expect. But now that I hear it, it does make a lot of sense. It's like, of course, you know, mm-hmm. people want a dog bath. It's something that would be cool to have in my house, but I'm, I'm not buying a $3 million <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, the wine cellar, you know, that's yeah. uh, one of the other things. Then a home theater system. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, do you guys stick to a certain bed bath ratio, um, a certain square footage, or uh, are, do you build them in all ranges from like three twos to like five, whatever? The ba- bed bath ratio is normally five plus five plus, you know, five, ba- five plus bed. Okay. Or five, five plus beds, five baths. Minimum. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of baths. <laughs> Uh, maybe four and a half, you can say as a five, but yes, minimum, at least uh, one, one bath for one bedroom. Yep. Makes sense. And one common. Cool. Well, I, uh, I love it. Are you, so are you, are you guys still doing multifamily or are you a hundred percent focused on the, the oh, no, construction we, these days? No, we, we are doing multifamily. We, we, have, we had, uh, you know, stopped looking at some of the deals last year. But now, as uh, you know, the rates have settled down, we have started looking at uh, some of the deals. Um, till now, it was like, you know, uh, we, we didn't have a, a visibility on how much high the Fed will go on yeah. the rate increase. Yeah. But now seems like, you know, it's all maybe if they go, maybe 25 basis point at the most. But now we know exactly how to underwrite, you know, keeping, you know, the future rate in mind. In mind yeah. And yeah, and uh, seems like, you know, uh, it might take a little bit more for the sellers also to realize uh, that the the gap between the interest rate and the cap rate is still large. But eventually it, it will come down. It, it, the spread will come down. So yeah, we have, we have the, started looking into it. Yeah. That's what uh, we've been dealing with. I, I invest mostly in self-storage facilities and that's what mm-hmm. we've been de- dealing a lot with is sellers not aligning their pricing expectations with the cap, the current interest rates. I mean, the interest yeah. rate cannot be higher than the cap rate. <laughs> it's just, it's not going <laughs> to work out. 
Um, so I, I feel you there. Uh, nice. So um, you guys are still in multifamily. You're still doing construction or your construction is a main focus on what you're doing. Um, what do you see? You know, the market is a big topic for everybody today. What do you see in the market? Do you think that we're going to, it's going to continue to go down? Do you think it's going to go up? Or what's your crystal ball say for, uh, for the market in the next, you know, one to two years? If I have to talk uh, on my perspective, I would say market might, it's almost stabilized. It, it will go down a little bit, not more than 5%, I would say, 5 to 6%. That's okay. my take. Yeah, hey, like uh, yeah, um, but that shouldn't prevent us from looking for good deals. Yeah. You know, uh, because market is always up and down. You have to consider take that risk. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and incorporate that risk in your underwriting. Yeah. So I would say yes, about five to six percent market will go down. Uh, but on the long run, because of the inventory. That you know, shortage of inventory. I would say, uh, I don't see you know um, uh, anything happening like what happened in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The markets are going to go up; they're going to go down, and you got to just keep plodding along. There's good deals to be found regardless of mar- market conditions. So just keep looking out there. Um, for every, anybody who's listening who wants to get into luxury home building, what were what are the top like one to two t- uh, tips suggestions that you'd give to them to get started? Um, first of all, research your market. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to build a house in the neighborhood uh, as people say, right? Location, location, location. Yeah. Uh, you want to build, uh, the luxury home where there are, there are other luxury homes nearby. You don't want to build, uh, in an average community. Uh, the other thing is you have to be very specific uh, or very detailed oriented in the amenities and the finishing that you do in the luxury homes because the people who are going to buy it, they are very specific. They want specific things. If you add uh, one new, uh, if you add few new bells and whistles, you will be able to charge much more than what you have invested. Like for example, like uh, recently we built one house uh, we did first floor, full marble flooring. And uh, it just got sold like, you know, even even before it was in market. People love that marble. It's, they're specific, right? Not everyone likes it, but who like it, they will spend or they will pay 100, 200,000 more because, you know, yeah, because it's there. And that goes back to yeah. researching your market, understanding who you're who's going to be buying your property at the end. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Last okay. question. I took a peek at the clock. We are running it down. Um, but I am curious. You you came over from India to, in 2000 after you got your BA. I'm sure you go b- uh, back there often. Have you ever considered investing in India or is it 100% US only? 100% US only for now. Okay. Uh, initial investments, I... Uh, I did uh, in in some of the land in India, mm-hmm. but right now I'm just US because uh, you know uh, I I don't plan moving back to India, so I would rather have everything over here where it is it is under my watch. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. So, is it 
I'm just out of curiosity, is it easy to invest in uh, in Indian real estate or is it is there a lot of red tape? What's the what's the general? You have to be very careful. You have to yeah. be very careful. You have to have a foot on the ground. If you're buying anything, you want to make sure you that if not you, then someone visits the property on a regular basis. Hmm. Because, um, uh, yeah, you, you you never know what, if, if, if it is a land, uh, someone uh, after after a while, you might, uh, someone might have taken a portion of your land and build something if you're not oh, visiting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it, it might take you, it might take you years in court to get that thing back. You don't want to fall in that situation, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That would be unfortunate for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, uh, I just took a peek at the clock. It looks like we've run it down. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Yep. Sure. Go ahead. Let's do it. Um, Starts with books or any form of education. Just give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific. Okay. So for real estate, I would uh, recommend Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot of wisdom, you know, built into it. Uh, he interviewed like uh, uh, more than hundred million of real estate, and have you know just uh, squeezed all the wisdom into all that book. Juice right? it, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah I, uh, that and, was one of the first books I read. I actually, I really like that book. Yeah, and the other thing, other book I would say is uh, Traction uh, by uh, Gino Wickman. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's it's all about uh, scaling your business. You know, it, it explains you what are the process uh, you can put to scale the business, what are or different segment of the business, like different departments. It's a good book. It's a good read. I just completed it recently. Nice. I won't have to pick that up. Fraction is what you is what Tra- you no traction traction. Tra- oh, traction. Yes, I have traction. Heard of traction. <laughs> that is on my list, and I still haven't picked it up. So <laughs> I got to get on that. All right. Next question is for your younger self. So let's go back to the TED. Um, let's go back to the TED of 2008, who was just laid off from his uh, his Wall Street job. Go to him. Look him in the eye. Give him one piece of advice moving forward. Should have got into real estate faster. <laughs> Whoever's and, counting, add another one, uh, another another guess to that list of people who said they wish they gotten they got into real estate faster earlier. Everybody says this, and it's a message to anybody out there who has not yet bought their first property. Just get started. Everybody wishes they got started earlier. So take this as your uh, as your sign. Go out there, start investing in real estate today. Yep, and uh, don't uh, don't get into analysis paralysis mode. You know, just get going. Don't yep. don't wait for perfection. Yeah, start something. Yeah, yeah. So easy to do. Um, and but you know, it's a two edged sword because you really do want that first deal to to make you money, or else you'll get demotivated. Um, That's true. But uh, but again, it's so easy to get stuck in analysis paralysis and just wait and wait and wait and yeah. keep taking courses and keep reading books. Exactly. And and, so. and I I would say you know if if you are not confident enough, just partner with someone who has done it before. Just learn from them. Just uh, you know invest something or get 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 like five percent, ten percent, whatever partnership you can do with that individual. Just learn from them. Yep. Yep. Good advice. All right. 
Next question is about your business. Um, the first three positions we hire for form the foundation of our business. So what were the first three positions you hired and would you do it in a different order if you did it again today? Okay. The, f- the first three was the office manager, mm-hmm. all right, uh, who keeps uh, track of my scheduling, uh, keeps track of all the documentation. Uh, then I hired a few virtual assistants. Uh, which take care of, uh, you know, all uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, researching items, like, uh, you know, uh, they do the market research, yeah, details, everything, uh, follow-ups. And the third would be my construction crew, like my my contractors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, very... uh, want to make I'm, I'm very specific with the contractors normally I get uh, I I just make sure uh, to see their past projects mm-hmm. uh, what they've accomplished and what time frame they have accomplished and uh, normally I always have a clause with my contractors they have to finish in certain time there is a reward versus penalty so if they complete it early, you get a reward maybe and if you complete it late it's the same goes vice versa man i that's going to be the soundbite for this episode because i feel like that's really really good advice and it's something that i've never done but i think i'm going to start doing that because it makes a lot of sense if you don't have that in a contract then contractors oh man we we redid a bathroom here and this contractor took weeks with it and so we it was just it was ridiculous it was a, it yeah. should have been a job that took you know four or five days it, it was ridiculous but that is good advice so if they get it done early they get a little bit of boost in their you know, their you know end pay if they're yep. late then they get deducted um that's that's a really smart thing to put in your contract yep all right next question is about the u.s it's a big place a lot of opportunity out there give me the single metro you're most excited about investing in today for multifamilies, i'm currently looking at kansas city okay Missouri, yep. Kansas City, uh, Missouri. Yes, yeah. uh, um, I, I've heard and I, based on my research, I've found like you know we there there is still some good cash flowing properties uh, at uh, at a rate lower compared to the major mar- uh, markets like Texas, Florida. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone is focus focusing on Texas, Florida. Arizona, mm-hmm. we all I like to focus a little bit away from where all people are piling up. Yeah, yeah, we own a couple in Dallas. I love Dallas, but I I've been looking for a deal there for a year and a half now, and I haven't found anything. So yeah, those uh, Texas markets are really they're 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 a tough one to crack. Um, yeah, Kansas too too many investors. Yeah, too many investors in Texas. Yep. and of course, you know for. For this new construction, it's where I can go. New Jersey, not out of New Jersey. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next question. You've already mentioned this a few times already. Um, and it sounds like it's been a theme throughout your life is finding good mentors. So this question is about mentors. None of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So give me one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career today. Uh, the first mentor that I found in real estate uh who has become a good friend who taught me uh, ins and out of how to evaluate the property, 
how to do some construction in the property. He was, uh, I would say he's uh, one of my, you know, first and first mentor. He provided me opportunity in real estate. I love it. That was the one that helped you out better that you followed back in 2012, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah. All right. Next question is your second to last question. And this is about your strengths. We are all gifted with strengths that we uniquely provide this world. So what is your Superman strength? I would say I'm a hustler. Don't take no for an answer. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there might be good times and bad times, but uh, the faster you get back on track, uh, that's what I believe in, you know? Yeah, there's there's a quote. I think it's from Thomas Jefferson. or I can't remember. Somebody, some old person. Um, they basically, they said that, uh, the, what is it? The more you, The more I work, the more I find I get lucky or something like that. Quotes basically just don't give up. Just keep doing it. Eventually, yeah. you're going to make it. So, I yeah. like that. And, it's a good. Yep. And there, there is a one more uh, uh, sentence that I remember. You know, uh, with all adversity, brings with it the seed of equivalence advantage. So, yeah. Yeah. never, yep, never, never look like okay, this is this is the bad thing. Try to find something positive. It happened for good. Take it that way. Yep. Everything is uh, is devoid of value. The value is what you give it. So if something bad happens and you look at it and you find the silver lining, then technically it's a good thing for you. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to the very last question because we are over time here. Uh, this one is for the listeners. You've given us a lot to think about. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you, learn about luxury investing, about all the multifamily stuff you got going on. So what is the best way for people to reach out and get in contact with you? Um. The listeners can go to my website, s3capital.com. It spells like A-S-T-R-E, capital.com. I'm available on LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta, and they can always reach out to me on my email. It is ted, T-E-D, at s3capital.com. Brown. All right. So astracapital.com. I will put that link in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Ted, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description and in there you can find Ted's link. All right, man, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thanks a lot, Gabe. It was a great time with you on the show. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, at therealestateinvestingclub.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is you give us a like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. 
Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.